This podcast contains sensitive topics such as murder, violence, and sexual abuse. Hello, beautiful people who convinced oh me that I can pull up being bald. Is, is Should that be the new is that your, What about like, I don't know. I thought you were going to do something like a wop bada doo a wop bamboo. Like I thought you were going to do something spastic. Um, That's kind of your vibe. Uh, I, I'm the spastic vibe. I don't know. I'm like this psycho nervous one. That's always like. That's true. That is true. I am definitely more of the storyteller, I feel like. And, yeah, and but you a... you border on like you tell more of a the story than you need to. It's just like again, and I've discussed this in season one. A lot of that is because you make faces at me, and I lose my train of thought. So it's me just trying to talk myself back into what I was originally talking to. This is a really good picture. Right now. Well, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post all of the faces that you make on Facebook so that people can see what I have to do. These are all photoshopped. <laughs> you can't just say these are all photoshopped. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm certain of it. Oh, yeah. All right. For those of who didn't listen to the episode one for some reason, uh, we're talking the Scott Peterson case. We're going to do different cases throughout the season and talk about what different media influences have done with the narrative of those said cases. Um, and eventually, I'm going to find my introduction like catchphrase. I, do you really think people think this guy's innocent? Because I, I thought, like, there's a few fringe people, like the um, the board divorcees that, like, try to get him out of prison. Like, I thought besides those women, it's just, like, a few fringe people or the naysayers. You know what I mean? Like, the people that it's, like, they just want to be, like, I don't agree with everybody else. I think he's innocent. It's, like, okay, good for you. You have a special opinion. Good for you. I think anyone who is attracted to conspiracy theories mm. like tend to believe he's innocent because you have conspiracy theorists who think that we're all reptilians or some shit but then you have My like true are you serious yeah like authentically believes that i don't know sometimes i think she her existence is like purely ironic sometimes but then like <laughs> she'll say things like hillary quillenton eats the adrenal glands of tortured babies and there's video proof of this mm. um okay yeah, okay. I don't think that's cool, cool, true. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Well, similarly, I think that there are true crime conspiracy theorists who are really into true crime, but like are really attracted to the idea that like it's not what it seems. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I wanted to do the season like this because I feel that there's like a lot of like documentaries and podcasts that really like give in to those type of people. They give a yeah. skewed, skewed view. Well, yeah, and. Part of the reason I had this idea is because I really, really hate that documentary, Making a Murderer, and the whole Stephen Avery. It. It's about Stephen Avery, and people walked away from it being like, oh my God, this innocent man is in jail. But I knew about that case before that documentary aired, and like, no. <laughs> I was like, that, that, that documentary, like, very intentionally left out, like, a lot of things. And it was crazy to see, like, such a shift in culture when that, like, documentary came out. Are we going to cover that one? I would like to, because okay. I have a lot to say about the Stephen Avery case. And I have a lot to say about that, like, half-assed, awful documentary. <laughs> so, we got to the point where we introduced Amber Fry. Yep. Scott's mistress. Let's just talk a little about her. She was a single mom. Uh, I don't think she was ever married. She had a daughter who's like a toddler. Um, Amber, like, she really got, you know, smeared pretty hard by the media, but she had a good, like, PR lawyer who, like, yeah. saw, came, took her under her wing, was like, we're, we're going to not let them treat you like this. You're a victim. Like, you don't need to be treated like crap. And so she would help Amber, like, what to wear to court and, like, make sure if people came up to Amber, she was with her so they couldn't just like, you know, bombard her or they would do interviews and she'd be like, give me the questions you're going to ask her, you know, and you can't ask any questions that are not on this list, even if you think of one that you think is really good. Like she would be like really on it. But Amber was, she was like kind of innocent, like naive. That's the word I want to use. 
like she she came off as kind of naive um yeah. she was a college educated woman though like she was a massage therapist she just seemed like a really sweet woman who w- wanted to believe in love and found like the most putrid disturbed individual to paint that picture for her well and prior to Lacey's disappearance like it sounded like everyone thought scott was like this like stand-up dude so I think he played that role very well. And so the idea of like his mistress, Amber, like meeting him and falling in love with him really quickly is like not out of the ordinary. I mean, so did yeah. Lacey, you know. It fits his character very well. Yeah, because like it's like you said in the last episode, it's that that love bombing and that mm-hmm. like charm. Out of this world, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna be in Paris for New Year's. Like, don't you want to be part of that life? It's right. like the Tinder Swindler. Oh. That was, yeah, it really is. Oof, what a crazy, that's another crazy documentary. That's a great documentary. That was a really good one. I felt one. so bad for those women because people are like, those stupid gold diggers. But it's like, I know. they gave him money. Like, what do you right. mean? I, I know, <laughs> like, I know. Like, But it's yeah. like, would they have given him money if he was like a broke bum? No. It's because well, they, they thought they, they were like investing. A lot of money. So like, I think, I don't think anyone would give someone that much money unless they like really, truly believe that they could get paid back. I don't know. I mean, I've given people like loans before, not like that, but like, and if I didn't get paid back, I was like, okay, that's fine. But yeah, I, but, I mean, that amount of money, you're right. Like, that, that completely supports what you just said. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so that one yeah. girl, she's like, I, I'm so far in debt. I'm still paying all my debt off my, I had to claim bankruptcy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Jesus, where's the yeah. GoFundMe for this dumb bitch? She, she did have a GoFundMe. Oh, really? Yeah. After the documentary, they all, like, made one giant GoFundMe. Did they get paid for the documentary? I hope so. I don't know. Because they're profiting off of their likeness and their story. And, you know, maybe that's something we need to start talking about a little bit more because, like, some people get paid for these documentaries and some don't. Yeah, like, um, you know what was a really messed up one is The Act with um, Gypsy Rose. They interviewed her and they told her they were going to pay her and then they fucking didn't. I thought that was terrible. Yeah. She deserves, she just gets screwed over so much. I know, I know. I follow someone on TikTok, TikTok, as the, the you know, that TikTok app that all the young kids are talking about. FaceTac. Um, and her cellmate is on TikTok, like, because she's released now oh. and, like, talks a lot about, like, her time with Gypsy Rose and prison and stuff. Gypsy's not allowed to say, she had it coming. Like, she's not allowed to. <laughs> She has to be like, I really regret my actions and I shouldn't have murdered my mother, even though she didn't really do it. She just, you know, was a conspiracy to commit murder, but she's not allowed to like express any like joy (laughs) yeah, that her mother is dead. You know, when they gave the ashes to the family, she's like, she got the ashes. She's like, what do I do with the ashes? And they're like, flush it down the toilet because they're from (laughs) (laughs) backwoods accent. Mommy Dead and Dearest, the documentary, is like so funny when they talk about Judy Blanchard's family. They're like, she was always a piece of shit. (laughs) And their accent is so funny. There was always something wrong with that deity. She was a sociopath (laughs) from a very young age. Yeah, so now that we spent half the episode talking about other people. Every other case. It's all all related, though. It's all about how these things are portrayed, right? Like, Sure. Um, Yeah. So what I wanted to, to, I want to talk about the trial, obviously, because I have a thousand. That might need to be a third episode. Well, I was figuring we could talk about, because, okay, so here's what what I figured we could talk about in this episode is, when once they found the body, they pretty much arrested Scott almost immediately because he tried to like flee the country. <laughs> yeah, you know what's really weird about that is like they found the body of a dead baby, then they found the torso of a woman, like one like right around the same time. And weird enough, it was right by where one of the psychics Sharon talked to told her that Lacey was dumped. It was like right around that area where the tides would have taken her. And um, this is kind of a weird coincidence. I don't think that, I don't know what that means, but probably nothing. But Scott didn't call the police. Unlike her family who was like, hey, we heard you found a baby. Like, is that, you know, is that Connor? We heard you found Lacey or is a body. Is that Lacey? Like, he was just like, yep. Like, he didn't even call (laughs) to find out who it was. Brooke Ramsey, the situation. He's like, I just want to move on with my life. (gasps) (laughs) 
<laughs> I will say he always talked about Lacey in the present tense, except for once when Sharon Rocha was like screaming at her. He had a really hard time maintaining the present tense. They have the call recorded. And he's like, she what? She's great. You know, like he's like trying to <laughs> stay in character. <laughs> okay, so walk me through this a little bit. So I think so. I know that they found a torso. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, torso meaning no limbs and no head or neck. Right. Because they think this is because he tied her body to five anchors. Um, right. Now, the anchor thing is really controversial because they claim that he bought enough cement for five acres. They only or six acres and they only found anchors and they only found one. But then the Scott Peterson is innocent dot says that that wasn't true. And then at one point he said he dumped the extra cement on his gravel freaking to fill holes in yeah. his driveway with yeah, yeah his so driveway. With gravel and right what's her name that screaming blonde lady nancy gray yeah <laughs> that lady she was unhinged she this. was like where's all the cement scat like she just kept harassing him and busting his balls over it and then one of his someone who was like on scott's side or on scott's team took her over to his driveway and was like there's the cement and she was like all right like she never like retracted her statement or anything the, the guy you're talking about is a reporter who was covering mm. it and what i found really funny about the hulu documentary is that like so you, you they interview all these reporters who were covering this at the time and the second like scott's like mistress becomes public knowledge all of these like male reporters are like well 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 let's not get hasty like sometimes you're just cheating your wife and that's you know and no indication that you're a killer you know it's like they all like identified too much <laughs> with that and one of the reporters that that male whose name i also don't know um yeah he's the one who pulled nancy grace to the to the driveway Men have needs, see? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was like all the people in the documentary were all like men, and they always went back to the affair being like, well, sometimes, you know. Well, yeah, and some people even totally said, relatable. Like, the reason he was hiding from the media was because he was having an affair, not because he was a murderer. Uh, well, yeah, of course, having an affair is not an indication that you're a murderer. Telling your mistress that your wife, this is your first, like, christmas without your wife is like and she's gone kind of like telling on yourself a little bit like i think it was less about him having an affair and more of like the the phone conversations that well i think also happening. he thought like Lacey would go missing no one would ever find the bodies and no one would really care besides her family like i thought he thought it would be like you know over and done with and by the time what's her name Amber Fry even found out that his wife was actually dead, but it was under mysterious circumstances. He'd be like, well, yeah, that's, and then he could finesse her like, you told me this was the first Christmas without your wife. And he'd be like, that was after she was missing. Right, right. We were already about to get divorced, even though she was very pregnant and we were about to, you know, like all that stuff. Like, and there's so many weird things in this case, like the baby's room was nautical themed and he was found like you know, dead in the water. Like there's so many weird things. Oh yeah. So for those listening, so the body was found in the marina. So like Mm -hmm. that boat launch that he went to was like not far from where the body was found. And Um, they had divers going down every single day using sonar to find the bodies. And they did this for like nine months or something. Yeah. It was like pretty, yeah, extensive. So they, they find a torso and you actually told me this, like story about um hold on give me a second time's up oh my god nancy grace over here yeah right. <laughs> um you actually told me the story about how they couldn't find scott when the body was found or something like that like yeah, he just like true. happened to be like out of town or some shit yeah so there was a time where they they thought on the sonar and this was back, I think it was, I can't remember what month it was, but it was well before September when she was found. So he, they had thought on the sonar, they'd found a body. And so he had to go on a business trip at the, that immediately that day. Like they, I think Sharon called Jackie and was like, where's Scott or called like Scott's sister. She called one of his family members and they were like, oh, he had a business trip today. 
And she's like, hmm, that's kind of odd that he, you know, had this pressing business trip the day that we thought we found a body in the marina. Like, so was that the same day that police found him at the border? No, that was the time they actually found the body. Explain. So, like, what do you mean? So, in sep- so there was a time where they found something on the sonar and they're like, oh, that's we think right. we okay. found the body. We're going to go die for it. And upon hearing that news, Scott had like apparently, they don't think it's a coincidence that he had like this pressing business trip to go on like that day. Right. And then he like claimed he was going to like this one city and they were like, did he even go? Like, mm-hmm. so then when they actually found the bodies in September, um, they found the baby first and the mother. He like didn't call the police to find out whose body they found, like find out if it was Lacey or when they'd get the news. He was like in San Diego with his hair dyed blonde, driving to the border with $10,000 in his car, his father's driver's license. The car was registered in Jackie's name. And he told the guy he bought the car from, he was like, Jacqueline, your name's Jacqueline. And he's like, yeah, it's like a boy named Sue. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what he told him. And so he let him sign off on the, the title. So he's going to drive to Mexico with his brother's driver's license and his mom's car with all this money. And Jackie came up with this made up reason why she'd given him like $10,000 in cash, something stupid. Like I used his credit card on accident, like right. some stupid ass thing that wasn't even true. She probably believed it. She's so, she's so wretched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So they find him at the border and do they lawn with a goatee? Yeah, I, I'll, and I'll post those these pictures and stuff like on our on our Facebook so that people can see just how absolutely obvious it is that this dude like had fully intentioned on fleeing the country. Well, he said he was disguising himself from the media. Sam, it's a perfectly logical explanation why he looked like he was in a disguise. He was just going to take a quick stroll to Mexico real quick, it's grab just, some margaritas, understand. and head back. <laughs> you know, blondes do it better, I guess. Blondes have more fun. <laughs> But, you know, I just don't understand how many things do we have to, like, justify and, like, backpedal and, you know, give him permission. Like, oh, I guess that makes sense. He was, he just, you know, happened to have dyed his hair blonde to hide from the media. The day that the bodies were found, he was driving to Mexico. Like, how many times does he get a pass? Right. Because I think for me, you get, like, a couple passes. He's, like, he's got more passes than a basketball player. Your like southernness is coming out now. You're like text the Texan in you is like coming out. You were seconds away from being like, bless his heart. Bless it real hard. <laughs> okay, so well, I would argue that this is like the end of the rope for him, right? Because like police are now like really aggressively like, we're gonna fucking arrest this dude. Yeah, so they do. So they arrest him. And what I find really Wait, in his car. That's where they found the bag with the pajama pants in it. I bet you that day. Yeah, it was in that car. Oh my god! Seriously? Yeah, I bet he killed her in them. So wait, hold on. This is months later. They Mm -hmm. find him at the border, and he still has these like Mm -hmm. clothes. Why? And there's a perfectly reason. (laughs) (laughs) He meant to go to Goodwill. He's gonna get them dry clean. Donate bin and like you know how it is when you want to donate to Goodwill and you keep the bag in the car forever and just never you know pass one. Um, I actually, yeah, I did not know that. That was another thing they definitely kept out of the documentary. Um, so they arrest him. And what I find like really unsettling about this part of things is that like people start like celebrating on the street in front of the like police department that he's been arrested. Cause at, at this point, like he is one of America's like most hated men, right? This has been incredibly publicized. People are like, having signs outside of the police station they're all like lock him up lock him up and i always find that unsettling because it reminds me of a black mirror episode where a woman wakes up and she has amnesia and there's like all these people following her around with like cameras and they're taking pictures of her and it's like found out that she was like a murderer and like she has to relive each day. It's that's so this whole thing, but that's what it reminds me of every time. Is that like people are? I never so, saw that episode. Oh, it's it's my favorite. I thought one. I've seen them all. Is you, it? Yes, it's yes, it's my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Is it the first one? I skipped the first one because it sounded gross. It is gross, but it is not the first one. 
no it's it's like it's kind of it's a you can definitely tell in the black mirror episode it was highlighting like how the media treats true crime things sometimes and like how being guilty by public opinion can be like not a great thing obviously um but it's very much reminds me of the scott peterson stuff too because even though i do think this person is guilty there's something that really grosses me out about celebrating in front of a police station about it you know what i mean yeah it's like, like it's like a mob well, and it's like I've told you before, like, I really believe in our justice system. And, like, I I think everyone needs the justice system to work the way it needs to work. And so, like, having these, like, celebrations on the street for a man who's not been claimed guilty yet is, like, that freaks me out. It's not good. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. So... Yeah, he gets found heading down to Mexico. Sounds like a Johnny Cash song. I think there is a Johnny Cash song. It's about the when he gets cooked oh, up um, and kills his wife or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I'm right. Uh, the Cocaine Blues. Oh yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um. So now that the so like with his arrest is like to me where all the like the really crazy shit starts to happen because like now he gets himself like the best lawyer he could like possibly get so before we start talking about that we should probably talk about his interview with baba walters so scott after the affair comes to the surface and he's he reached out to Lacey's family a few times to be like we should really keep the eye on the prize and that's like looking for Lacey. like who cares about this like you know we're still family and we're gonna find Lacey. she's alive i know for a fact she's alive you know he's like just trying to like throw the scent off of him right um speaking of we cannot forget to cover the dogs <laughs> um which are you know part of the discovery but anyway he doesn't you know seem to win the family over so he goes and does an interview with um barbara walters at one point and he is asked, you know, point blank, did you kill her? And he goes, no. He like literally laughs and says no, <laughs> like, which is so like unsettling. And then she asks him at another point, like, did Lacey know that you were having an affair? And he was like, yeah, she did. And she's like, okay. And how did she react? And he was like, fine. Like we got through it. Like, I don't know his exact words, but he basically said Lacey made peace with it. And she's like, you really expect me to believe that a nine-month pregnant woman made peace with you having an affair and he's like you just don't know the type of relationship we had and I'm like yeah apparently Lacey didn't know the type of relationship you had either because it was an open relationship and she was not aware <laughs> Jesus Christ and at this point too I guess like you know the the tapes between him and Lacey were not public knowledge because that was a bombshell in the trial him you and know? Uh, Amber Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Him and Amber. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I mean, the tapes themselves kind of disprove everything he just said. He tells Amber that Lacey knew as well. I, I have a feeling that, like, Amber sent him a Christmas card with her, a picture of them three in it. Like, oh her, my God. her daughter and Scott. And it was like, oh, I love you so much. Like, it was like a really sweet Christmas card. And um, yeah, some people think that Lacey found it and there was like, a scuffle in the kitchen over it and he strangled her um so maybe she did know about it maybe he's telling the truth about that we just don't I think know it was more premeditated than that i don't know i kind of lean towards i mean it's just kind of messed up because people talk about Lacey like she was just like one of the really happy quirky spunky kind of girls she was really short she was like five one she was like tiny Mm. you know and she was just like so full of energy and all her friends like still get together and like talk about how much they miss her and stay in touch with her family like you know all these years later but it's so devastating i know it's so it's like so senseless but anyway um what we're talking about we're talking about uh, i'm just dying to i'm dying to talk about the trial because okay. i feel like up until the trial to me it's like we, I feel like everything we really find out about the case happens in the trial. I feel like before it was a lot of speculation, a lot of like what's happening. And the I trial feel like. The trial is bad though, because I mean, first of all, Garagos, which I don't know if anyone recognizes that name, 
Uh, he defended Winona Ryder. I, did he defend Casey Anthony? Yes. Yeah. Who's also guilty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. He he started off by, he's like, without a doubt, you'll see that he's innocent. And I've got five witnesses that said they saw Lacey walking and we're going to prove to you that happened. And then he like never called any of them <laughs> to the so, stand. Super weird. I I think the Hulu documentary like focused so much on the trial as like mm -hmm. a way to basically claim that like it's possible he didn't do it because the trial was so messy. It was bad. That was, was his opening very bad. statement though was like, "Oh, I've got all this proof. I've got five different witnesses." And then he so, never called them. Yeah, the defense attorney. So it's funny because in the first day of the trial, everyone talks about how like the prosecution fucked up like real bad because in the prosecution's opening um, statements, they they said like, oh, he claims that they were watching Martha Stewart, but that episode never uses the word meringue which was really easy for the defense to bring yeah. up the episode that played that day. And they like clearly talked about Meringue. Well, that means he's innocent. Well, obviously, but it wasn't a good start for the, for the prosecution because I mean, to put something in an opening statement like that, like as such a definitive statement and then like have the Didn't defense like, yeah. I mean, it just shows, I, I truly believe the prosecution went, into the trial thinking it was such a slam dunk because of like how many people hated scott peterson at this point yeah yeah so, so the prosecution states that they think that scott killed Lacey on the 23rd and then when he drove to the marina he that's when he dumped her body yeah that's what their story was i personally i think what do you think what do I think happened? Yeah. Do you think he took her on a boat ride? And like, yes. you do? Yeah. You think he I, surprised her and was like, look, I bought you a boat. Did you know Lacey had, on their first date, they actually went on a boat ride and she had such violent seasickness that she like wouldn't have probably gotten on a boat ever again. I, so uh, I'm debating on if I want to answer this question after we talk about the trial or during or before or whatever, but essentially someone during the trial as like a prosecution or a defense witness, so mm -hmm. a witness for the defense, said that they, <clears throat> that Lacey knew about the boat because mm -hmm. on December 23rd, she was at the warehouse with Scott. Yeah, there are people that think she was at the warehouse. I've heard that before too. I think it's possible that if she was at the warehouse on the 23rd, that they could have gone out on the boat together that night and he could have strangled her and thrown her overboard. overboard. Yeah. Because, and they With say that anchors. they, yes. Oh yeah. I mean, once See, she's dead in the boat, it's a lot easier to dump her over than carry a dead body onto a boat and like. With anchors with anchors and do all that yeah i mean i know the anchors aren't on the body when you're moving the body but it's just like did you hear though the defense got together a team to like see if they could move a dead body into the boat with anchors and it was like such a clown move like they were like whoa like i did they really exaggeratedly yeah and like, the judge is like what is this crap i'm not letting you air this yeah so that was another thing in the trial like i can't even like stand wild. in this boat well so then the defense calls over a computer analyst who mm -hmm. claims that someone was on the family computer on the morning of the 24th looking for umbrellas that had a sunflower pattern. And yeah. every, like, their big, what they were trying to say is that, like, this definitely pins that she was alive on the 24th on the computer looking up. I disagree. I disagree, too. Because that just means somebody looked it up. That could have been Scott looking well, it up. And the note I made for this is, like, I think it's weird that someone is, like, Googling umbrellas, and we also hear about umbrellas earlier that he's loading in his car. So, yeah, like, like, obsessed with pineapples and the other things. <laughs> You're obsessed with the umbrellas in this case. Pineapples and umbrellas, man. Well, I just, I can't, I have a hard time with the umbrella thing, like, as a lie or whatever, because it just never specified what type of umbrellas, and that annoys me. Yeah. 
And honestly, there's a lot that falls under the umbrella here. So, well, one thing that the prosecution does, or I'm sorry, the defense does really well in, in this trial is I'm using the wrong mouse. What they do very well is they really emphasize that there was no evidence. And in doing so, that you know, bringing the computer, no, physical evidence. no yeah, no physical evidence. Um, but they did such a good job that Marlene, who I don't remember her last name, but Marlene was a just a regular fucking citizen who went and like sat during the trial. She would go every day for like the trial lottery mm -hmm. and she went to 50% of the trial and she was so convinced by the defense's defense that she had founded the like spa group the scott peterson appeal organization oh scott peterson is innocent.org.com yes yes she is the um the founder of, of that website so this is how so marlene and her theories are birthed from this trial now. Why do I feel like I know exactly what she looks like just based off of hearing her name and that she attended 50% of the trials? Oh, you absolutely do. Yeah, I imagine similar to a cat lady, but for like aggressive, handsome <laughs> young sociopaths. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> so that's, you know, the prosecution says like, oh no, they, he had all the cement. He could have easily like done this or that um and then I still, what gets me is the fact that he said i was at the marina like i find that to be so weird like why would you say because what they what the defense says is that like at one week it was satan worshipers the next week it was the robbery like they are always coming up with these crazy theories they were just trying to stir reasonable doubt and i think they did a great job and i think there was enough reasonable doubt for a conviction to be honest but or for, for there to be like a, a innocent, whatever, what do they call that? Not guilty. Right? Yeah. Just because you're not guilty means you're, doesn't mean you're innocent, right? Right. But anyway, like the thing with the um, Satan worshipers, like they had, there was another case around the same time of a pregnant woman um, who was murdered or something. And then like this other woman who was pregnant was like almost abducted around the same time. And she lived like they think that like someone drove up while she was walking the dog and abducted her and the dog being stupid and didn't help her at all, apparently. Um, um, so, yeah, the other pregnant woman you're talking about is Evelyn Hernandez. And this mm -hmm. is like she was pregnant. She was killed and her body washed up at the shore of the bay. And so, of course, a lot of people um, in this like spa group or whatever were like, oh, like clearly it's the same killer. But the fun fact about this, and by fun fact, I mean, like, a more definitive fact is that when you Google this, this case, you find out that the baby daddy is never found. Like, he went on the run. So, like, what the fuck yeah. does that tell you? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little sketchy. So, within the first... Did he worship Satan? No. <laughs> okay. Satanic panic is such a, a fucking outdated know, thing. It's so, so crazy. 90s. I know. <laughs> um. So during this trial, so the defense is like from all in the beginning is like kind of kicking the prosecution's ass. And then the juror, juror number five, Justin Faulkner, gets dismissed as a jury member. And I really want to talk shit about this dude real quick. <laughs> so in the Hulu documentary, they basically state like he was like really pro scott and that's why he was like released and like mm -hmm. the media went like on a frenzy about it being like oh my god like this is not a fair trial because this guy was released because he was like gonna vote not guilty like da 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 and then again you look it up and this dude was released because he non-stop talked about the case like they would be like all right we're gonna go out to lunch like we're gonna go to lunch now like remember not to talk about the case blah 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 and other jurors would say that they would walk out and he'd be like what do you think about that witness like i think that witness was bullshit and like da 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 da, da. and like he would just immediately start talking about this case but um and then there's like so he is interviewed by mm -hmm. the media like the second he walks out of the courtroom i mean like 
within minutes and they were like oh were you released because of your opinions about the case he was like no i don't have any opinions on the case he's like like i am going in unbiasedly like i don't have any opinions about it like da 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 and then like skip a week and then all of a sudden he's on like fox news and like nancy grace being like he was a thousand percent like not guilty and i am a victim of the system and the judge like da 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 and at one point a reporter and this is not in the hulu documentary by the way which i think is telling of like what they were trying to do with it mm-hmm. but um when you google this so google justin faulkner scott peterson case you'll see all these different news outlets he's on but at one point a decent reporter is like oh like how did the judge know you were like gonna vote not guilty if you weren't talking about the case and he was like well, I, I just, uh, I, uh, uh, he's like, and then he says, well, I just think they see a white male and assume that oh, like, we ball. all have each other. It's like, what? <laughs> like, he was turned in, like, three different jurors. This is only within the first two weeks of the trial. Three different jurors petitioned the judge to remove him because they were so uncomfortable that every time they, like, took a piss, this guy was like, hey, Popping up in the stalls, being like, "What do you think?" What do you? Messed <laughs> up. Yeah, that's just one of many issues they encountered in the trial. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was just just the first juror removal, and we'll talk about the other juror removals like towards the end of the trial here. But yeah, that was wild. I think the turning point for the trial was the release of the Amber Fry tapes. Like the recordings. Yeah. And what's crazy is even after the affair was announced and Scott found out Amber had cooperated with the police and provided information, he's like, I'm so proud of you. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So she continued to communicate with him. And she's like, yeah, that pretty much confirmed to me that he was guilty. Just some of the stuff we would talk about. And she would like ask him, she'd try to ask him about stuff all the time. And he didn't know he was being recorded. Yeah. Like, I remember we were talking about this before the podcast started, but at one point he tells her, he's like, you've guessed the answers to all the questions you have, like within our conversations, like you've guessed all the answers, you know, the answers, I just can't tell you anything. It's just going to take me time to tell you. And um, what's really crazy is when he was, you know, fleeing to the border, he actually called Amber and like drove by her house or something like he was going to like go to Amber's house. And be like, like, run away with me. Yeah, that's what they were saying. It's like the way like he was driving, it was like he was going to go to her house or he was, and he was calling her and stuff. Like he's like, yo, let's just run away together. You, me, and whatever your child's name is. Like, <laughs> 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 Well, and the, I think like a crucial mistake that the, the defense made like prior to the prosecution playing the tapes is that the defense like really downplayed the relationship with Amber Fry. Like they were like, it was only a few weeks. Like that's what Jackie Peterson says. She's like, it was a one night stand. Married men have affairs all the time. And I think that's what really changed the course of the trial is that you have the defense being like, it was nothing. But then the recordings come out and he's telling her he loves her and that he wants a life with her and that his wife is dead way before she's actually dead. And like, you know, all of the lies start to like unravel. I don't know if he just, he thought that she was his soulmate um, and they were going to get married or if he just wanted to continue like, plowing his way through California and Lacey was getting in the way like I don't know what the full motivation was but he definitely I think it's just a standard like he wants what he feels like he deserves and oh, like well he got I think it. yeah I mean yeah. Amber Fry was like younger than him it was like that hot new model kind of deal sure and the, the phone recordings I think like really really put a hole in the defense's like defense for like a better term like because when you, when you play the recordings and you hear him, you know, he's not treating this like a one-night stand. He's not treating this like a, you know, a, a mistaken affair. You know, he's not remorseful. And people started to be like, just losing their fucking minds over this. They were protesting outside the courthouse. Like, people were starting to, like, scream shit. Like, it got really intense. It was a little bit fucking weird, honestly. Going back to when they were in the trial and they were talking about the baby, um, 
the defense tried to say that the baby had like was born outside of the womb and had like a longer gestational or something like they were, I don't remember, but they were saying the baby was like 50 weeks old or something. Yeah. Which means the baby was born full term, but the evidence for that was like kind of shoddy. And the expert they got on the stand was kind of a, like he was not prepared to be on the stand. He even said to the prosecution to cut him a break or something. Yes. So embarrassing. He said on the stand that mm -hmm. he is not qualified to answer their questions because he doesn't like actually do any kind of like medical examiner work because what they were trying to prove was that the tide couldn't have ripped him like the baby from her like body right um and so they were trying to say that she was held captive for a while and that the baby was like tossed into the bay like separately um but then upon cross-examination they were like oh like how can you tell how old the baby is and this dude just completely fucking flopped like immediately well he immediately got panicky he immediately started like giving like weird answers and then finally he was like i'm not really like an expert on this so like stop grilling me <laughs> no <laughs> oh no it sucks Six. All right, so I want to talk about my favorite topic of, of the trial, and I, I've purposely not mentioned this yet because I wanted Is it to the talk tides? about it. No, God, no, uh, I don't know dick about tides. Are you kidding me? That <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the tides thing either, but that also sounded kind of shoddy, and that was the defense's, or sorry, the prosecution's thing. Yeah, something about tides and the way, I don't know, but um, I want to talk about all the alleged witnesses that have seen her on her walk. Yes. So this is a point of contention for me and that stupid spa group that created like scottpetersonsinnocent.org.com because <laughs> the biggest thing that they hold on to is the claim that like a bunch of people saw this woman like just walking around. Like, so I want to discuss that because I mean, that so was the defense's original but yet they called no witnesses on it. I mean, you know, and a lot, a lot of these people, they're like, I know that woman. I saw her walking the dog at, you know, 10 a.m. I saw her walking the dog at 2 p.m. And it's like a huge radius. Yeah, it's like a three-mile radius. Yeah. Do you want to go into any detail about that? Yeah, I was just going to state, like, um, first of all, eyewitness testimony is always really difficult um, because people's memories don't work like a video does. Like, we don't remember... Right you know, these details, but essentially once like it started to become a little bit more popular to believe that Scott could be innocent because the prosecution was fucking up the case. And he's like, so darn cute. He's a cutie patootie, that one, that little Scott Peterman. Um, <laughs> once the prosecution kind of made an ass of themselves in the first couple of weeks of the trial, all of a sudden, like everybody wants to come out of the woodwork. And so you have like all of these people, all of these neighbors within a three mile radius of the suburb claiming six, six miles, I think. Was it six? That's I'm pretty even... sure. Because it's impossible for her to walk that much. Yeah. Oh, especially in that like, time period. Exactly. Like he still left the house at 930. But so one, the biggest claim is that there was a guy who said that he saw her at the park. There was a neighbor who lived, and I say neighbor because they all called each other neighbors, but this woman lived like a mile and a half away that said she saw a pregnant woman with a white shirt and black like yoga pants, like walking a dog. And essentially about five other people said this. The only problem is that all of their times like overlap someone said that they saw her at 11 55 a.m walking the dog which is not possible because we know the dog is in the backyard at this point right <clears throat> they claimed that she was at the park at like 10 45 and that the person who put her dog back into the backyard like just got the time wrong but even if she had gotten the time wrong let's say a standard deviation of an hour you still wouldn't find Lacey Peterson three miles away from home, but also at the park within 10 minutes. Right. It's right. just not possible. There was also a woman who lived in the neighborhood who was obese and she had a golden retriever, a 
as well. And she used to walk her dog every day. And she's like, yeah, I probably walk my dog that day. Like I walk my dog like every day. Like that's what I do. So another weird thing is Lacey Peterson was spotted in, um, where are all the countries? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. While you look, while you look that mm -hmm. up, I just want to say like one more thing about this. And that is, so the defense, like you said, in the opening statement was like, we have like numerous eyewitnesses, but halfway through the trial, the defense realized that none of these people were reliable. So they couldn't bring them up. And so the prosecution instead brought in all the neighbors that resembled Lacey Peterson and (gasps) had a dog. That is a really good, like, technique. That's genius. And a lot of the jurors said that that's, like, what sold them is because they were promised all these eyewitnesses, but then the eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. were so remarkably unreliable that, yeah, so the prosecution really got in on that but so i from what i understand that the people who saw her walking the dog actually called the tip line pretty early on a lot of them did um the other thing is like there's a map available of all the witnesses who said they saw lacy and at what time and it's all over the place she was also spotted in italy france and the cayman islands i don't think she was walking the dog <laughs> I, they, when you texted me that i texted you back being like man that's a long walk <laughs> right like it's just i mean like you said it's unreliable like people are like i see Alice peterson in the Rome. <laughs> you know it's like well, she you know she looks like she, a generic like brunette yeah she's like, like a, she's like still pregnant kind of she's thing, like at know? the coliseum like <laughs> <laughs> people are still calling me like i saw a pregnant woman yeah. wearing a white shirt and it was by the leggings. eiffel tower the fireworks were beautiful oh my goodness oh my god what a throw yeah you really wrapped that up perfectly yeah um oh, i'm kind of laughing at my notes because halfway through my notes i just go too many of these men relate too much to scott peterson <laughs> Yeah, about the reporters being like, I mean, sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Yeah, literally. Um, Another thing in the trial that I found interesting was this, like, woman had this, like, dog that was trained to sniff out, like, missing persons, you know? Oh, yeah, like a cadaver dog. Yeah, like a cadaver dog. And he has a title. He has a job description. How dare you dishonor him? My bad. Calling him a sniffing dog. (laughs) A sniffing dog. All dogs sniff. You know what? At least he has a job. My dog wow. does not have a job. So like good on Free that lower. dog. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Um, so anyways, the, the wives tale here is that the woman, you know, they, they bring the cadaver dog out and the dog goes straight to the marina where mm-hmm. Scott put his boat in the water. And the defense, <laughs> the defense's reaction to this, they were like, they were basically like, that dog is an imposter. He's not certified. Like, fuck that dog. They called his qualifications into question. <laughs> they did. They were wow. like, so he didn't, he didn't have like. He's not the... even a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a fox. They dye his hair. <laughs> literally they were like and what qualifies you sparky the dogs like on the stand <laughs> and they're like they're just like, berating him like, <laughs> that's literally like kind of how it was like he's playing like, the fifth they were like that dog's a flop like this is not an expert witness um but they <laughs> they were able to say like the dog did not have the like certification that i guess you need to like Yikes. actually be a cadaver dog that's sketchy um, yeah it is sketchy i that really didn't play a big role in the trial i just wanted to talk about it because how angry they were at this dog was just like really unhinged to me i think my problem Um, with this trial is because there's a lack of physical evidence um other than like you know they said they found a hair in the warehouse which it's like okay so she's been to the warehouse or her the hair was transfer you know Mm -hmm. dna or whatever Scott had cuts on his hands. Even yeah. at one point in the trial, um, the prosecution said the wound he had on his hand and he put his hands up like he was being strangled, like, you know, by hands. He was like, it would make perfect sense for her to claw up and scratch his hand, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's reasonable to believe he took her to the marina, convinced her to get on a boat, even though she like, she never went on a boat with him again after their first date. Um, somehow convinced her to get in a boat and then like, hit her in the head, shot her, or threw her overboard, because he did have a gun in his car at one point, like, when they were looking in his car, like, um, 
I still kind of stick with like the fact that it's so weird. He mopped the floor. I still kind of stick with, he probably strangled her on the floor and like, yeah, but I, I think he dropped her body off on the 23rd. Yeah. I do too. Cause that's why the pajama pants. I, I also think that the actual crime occurred on the 23rd and on the 24th, I think he lived out the morning in the way that he was going to describe to people later. So I yeah. think he woke up. I think he like mopped the kitchen so that because it's a lot, lot easier to remember. Yeah, it's a lot easier to remember mm. those details if you like act them Plugged out. in her curling iron, unplugged it. Yeah, threw on the episode, yeah. caught, you know, the like one second of the episode with the same meringue. Um Things like so that. weird about him like not like I don't know if they ever found the clothes that he said she was wearing the black leggings and a sweatshirt at one point Sharon Roach was like what sweatshirt and he's like you know it was like a it was like a pullover shirt thing and she's like like a thick sweatshirt like what do you mean he's like you know like a long sleeve <clears throat> shirt like he like couldn't like and I'm sure he told her what color it was but it's like right. I know all of my husband's clothes right like especially in the 90s people didn't have as many clothes as they do now this is the early 2000s whatever same thing 2002 2003 yeah um so the trial itself is kind of like whatever the the defense is like they don't have enough evidence the prosecution's like we have plenty of evidence but nancy grace i feel like really pinned this down for me i love this quote that she has she said if you go into work and it is sunny outside by the way i hate nancy grace so the fact that i even have a quote for her is like don't don't look into it and think I like her because I don't. Wow, you're so impartial. Yeah, well, she says that if you go into work and it's sunny out and you come out of work five hours later and the it's all cloudy and it's gray and there's water like on the ground and people mm-hmm. are, are holding umbrellas. She said you don't have to see the storm to know that it's stormed. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that really summarizes what this case was about for a lot of people is that you don't have to know exactly who, what, where, when, why to know that he killed his wife because you have all of this other supporting evidence, supporting evidence. What I have a problem with in the trial is when the jury started to discuss it. Yes. So the trial, it convenes and the, the jury goes to the room to like, discuss everything and to me this is where things get shaky you mean when what exactly part so the first major thing that happens when the jurors get together so they're 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 at it you know well, right you mean now, they're making jokes about him and stuff no i'm talking uh, no but that is also yeah really like he was watching porn unhinged. like 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 they, I mean, like he was watching like a bunch of porn. Like he, he didn't have a history of ordering porn at home, but knowing that his wife's not coming back, he was like ordering all this porn. Um, yeah, on no. like Skinamax or something, and like they were making fun of him. <clears throat> well, the big so when they finally get together in the room to like discuss everything, it was like twelve of them and ten voted guilty and two voted like inconclusive and the foreman of the jurors i guess was a lawyer and so he was like really particular about like beyond a reasonable doubt and i guess they got the 11th juror to like also vote guilty but the foreman like wouldn't let up and they were all getting like really pissed off because he kept wanting to go over evidence like over and over again and so eventually the jurors petitioned to have him removed because they said that he was like holding things up too much and that judge is out to get him i am super against that call though because it's like it's like the the play like 12 angry men like the whole thing is about how one person voted not guilty and 11 people voted guilty like you have to talk those things out like it's supposed to be beyond a reasonable doubt so they um swap him out for this woman that the media has nicknamed strawberry shortcake and she is like a pistol like she has like the dyed hair it's long you could tell she smokes cigarettes like 29 times a day she like has she's like wearing sunglasses inside and she i guess busts through these chambers and according to the other jurors she's like hey like let's fry this son of a bitch is like what she says and 
immediately they're kind of like, uh, we need to like rediscuss everything. Like you're a new person, so we had to like rediscuss the case. And she's like, I already know everything I need to know. <laughs> Literally, she went in being like, I already know what I need to know. Like, let's fucking kill this dude. <gasps> Messed up. Well, they continued deliberating, and one of the jurors was like always kind of unsure. And so, what should have happened, even b- before they brought strawberry shortcake in, what should have ha- happened is it should have been a hung jury because yeah. they had been deliberating for a long time. They could not come up with a consensus. And then, like, the second she comes in, they like immediately have a verdict. Um, if they couldn't work it out with the foreman, it should have been a hung jury. He's the foreman, for fucking Christ's sake. Yeah, he probably needs a new trial, huh? <laughs> I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I don't know. I mean, I think so, because it's like, it seems like it's almost kind of like political maneuvers. Well, the, the thing that really gets me is so like, they verdict him guilty, and then they verdict him for the, the death penalty. And then it comes out after the verdicts, after both verdicts, it comes out that Strawberry Shortcake had lied on her questionnaire to be a part of the jury and that she had an abusive husband who tried to kill her baby. Like and while she so, was pregnant? Yeah. yeah. And so, so, she's, so she's had domestic abuse against a pregnant woman. Exactly. And she has admitted that it was pretty much impossible to be impartial because of that. And so that's like where I have a hard time because when they released the foreman, I was like, hold on, like the judge should have never been okay with them removing the foreman. If if the worst that this person was doing was going over the evidence repeatedly, if you don't want to hear it anymore, that's when you say like, this is a hung jury. Like, we can't deal with this anymore. We cannot discuss this. Further. We cannot come to a conclusion. We cannot come up to a conclusion, but they really wanted to like put him in jail. And I do believe he did it. And I do believe that there was enough to convict him. But do I think he got a fair trial? No, it should have been a hung jury. It should have been a retrial. It shouldn't have been tried in the media in the first place. That's pretty, unfortunately, as fun as it is to watch like, <laughs> I mean, I remember, it's unavoidable, unfortunately, and always has been. Like, that's always. No, been. there should be, the law needs to catch up with the technology. Like, for example, this this was not televised. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing. Like, can you imagine yeah. if it was? Well, the, the court of public opinion has been a thing since, like, we were hanging witches. Like, I mean, the Watergate scandal was highly publicized. Like, mm-hmm. you can go back in history and see that this You're has right. always like been a thing. You're right. Like, when they hang witches, everyone wants to go watch. Like, it's yeah, very Yeah, like, it's, unfortunately, it is a thing. But I felt like these jurors were, like, pretty unhinged. I felt like they took it, like, way too seriously. Like, not seriously enough. And they, they like, because it's disgusting to me that they, like, they put this man like in the death penalty and then they go out mm. and they're talking to reporters being like we fried that ass like fuck him like yeah. that like th- like they were guilty. taunting him like yeah what the one guy goes he goes it you know he says oh turns out you can't kill your pregnant wife in the state of california yeah and, and says, they're like they're making like, jokes and writing yeah, they're books like, what do you want to like, say to is there anything you want to say to scott peterson or like they ask him a question he's like well, he's not gonna be watching any more of those private movies where he's going. Yeah, like, it's like so inappropriate. It's it's disgusting. But that's the thing. How You're entitled to a jury that. of your peers. Welcome to the majority of everybody. Like that's people are nasty, terrible. I really think that the only way this could have been a fair trial is if they sequestered the jury. And I understand that that is expensive. They also should like, have required you to support the death penalty just to be on the jury. I know because like, they didn't ask. They said, do, "Would do you are like? Could you put like?" They asked the question in a way that was condemn like, a man to death. Yes, but like what that, they should yeah. have asked was, if the highest penalty for this crime was the death penalty, would you be able to consider the highest penalty? Like they should have worded it in a more neutral way. Because if you say like, "Would you commend?" condemn a man to death like that's a very yeah like intense visceral statement you know versus like something more realistic too like they didn't ask like if that is the standard would you be able to apply it if right right like and uh, so i think that was like prejudicious 
you know? Well, and that's why, like, when I say, you know, because I feel like the documentary really highlighted how unfair the trial was, which is necessary. But I also feel like because people felt that the trial was, like, not fair or whatever, that they walked away from it being like, well, Scott Peterson's clearly innocent then <laughs> it's like well think, no do you think we need a third episode on this or should we just cover the burglary and then call it a day well i want the third episode to be about the burglary really yeah. well i think there's other things too i could add well we can talk about like the newest updates too about his appeal yeah and, like, and there's just some fun facts too that i just happened yeah. to learn from the book but um i mean how much more do you think we have on the trial because i think the trial i think that's it i mean it just sounds kind of like you know, it comes down to he did not have a fair trial. Um, I mean, that's all we can really. Yeah, that's all we can really say about it. It should have been a hung jury. It should have been retrialed. It was not. I still think he did it. Like, I mean, both yeah. of those things can be true. It's like, you're right. You don't have to see the storm to know that it stormed. Like, no, but you can see the other evidence and, you know, well, the, yeah, well, the other evidence being like the water on the ground and like, yeah, the I mean, like if you look at um, the Shanann Watts case, because I see a lot of similarities with that. Yeah. too. Like it was a guy who fell in love with his mistress and decided like his family's lives were not worth it, you know, to him. I mean, he that is an insane case. Like he went he had no history of abuse and he just like went ape shit and killed I really, those little kids. I really it's hate disgusting. that case. I like it's disgusting. Because it he talks about how the little girls, like the yeah. one watched him kill the other. Like, Jesus. I, that's why I never want to cover the Chris Watts case because like that's like too much for me. That's and like he's also past my line. Such a like two-dimensional dust person. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not even like, like it's not even like he had any anything like he was just I don't know man. He's just so two-dimensional. It's like I don't know. And did you know he said Shanann Watts didn't fight him back when he strangled her? Like, why even mention that? He said that? he like, thinks she was praying because she kept mouthing things. And he's like, I'm pretty sure she was praying. That is fucking devastating. Yeah. Like, she just started like, praying Jesus and just didn't Christ. even fight him. Because, like, he's a like, grown freaking jacked man. Like, what are you going to do? someone will come out with the documentary being like well <laughs> yeah well he he tried to blame it on her like she killed the kids so he killed her he's such a piece of shit yeah it's so sad that's another case of like just like a terrible person being married to someone who's like a, a good good enough spouse at least right. i'm not saying she's perfect but she was good enough well i think that pretty much concludes the trial i like really wanted to emphasize the the like the weirdness of the trial but specifically how the jurors reacted to it yeah. um and then next the next episode i would like to talk about the alternative theory that people have really gravitated to now which is the robbery the robbery <laughs> dun 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 there was a robbery at the house across the street from Lacey peterson all right uh why don't you well, send us off well, actually, before we leave, I wanted to thank our sponsors. Scott Peterson is innocent.org.com. <laughs> the spas. I feel like I have to clarify that's a joke. That's not their actual like yeah. URL. I just say it as a joke because I find it like so funny. Like aliensareal.org.com. Like I just yeah, find it like literally. so funny. Scott Ghosts Peterson is sexy and innocent.com.com. Yeah. Com. yeah. Um, and also, I think we should just go on their website and read their questions. I and answer tried. Them to read through that it's website. like the rantings of like some Literally. estrogen pumped like <laughs> bookworm dude like, it is not out. yeah it is yeah no it is why didn't the process why, did why didn't the prosecution call any of the witnesses that saw lacy at the park you know because uh, how no could lacy have it? been dead when she was walking the dog she it's gave like, birth <clears throat> in rome at a pizza place how can you be certain scott killed her when there were so many satanists running around killing pregnant women Hillary Clinton ate the baby. <laughs> oh my God. Alternative theory. Oh, I solved it. Yeah, I seriously. solved it. I actually had um I had a song prepared, but I felt like it was insensitive. I'm trying to remember it. Well, sing it and I'll tell you. Oh, sensitive. Trying, I had lyrics. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, actually, how about this one? Are you ready to walk the dog? <laughs> <laughs> Is that do it again? I want to hear it again. <laughs> You ready to walk the dog? 
<laughs> that's it do it again i actually had one that was like in um, rome and prague i actually don't know the whole song i just know are you ready to rock yeah no i had one that was like um about seeing lacy in different areas but i felt like that might be too i don't like to make a song about the victim like, as like much as i like ah uh, yeah, yeah that's i like to point. make a song about yeah. the perpetrator like because i feel like i can make fun of them but like you shouldn't make yeah. fun of the victim even if they're very easy to make fun that's of. that's true that's true but i don't find her very easy to make fun of yeah it's fair yeah i mean that's not really a good song but it's a song I liked, it. I liked it i liked it say good songs in song so i i never like expect a good song i've yet to see it um <laughs> yeah i know i i wasn't born to sing oh please i wasn't I'll i don't got do... the pipes for it that's <laughs> scott peterman fellas real real catch scott piperson <laughs> <laughs> Scotty McHotty Papooperin. It's got pepper and salt. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening. And then tune in for episode three. Also, like be be uh, understand that we're we're really busy. So we, we try to get these episodes out, but if there's a, a big time frame between each episode, please don't harass us and scream at us and nobody and harasses us. us. They're just excited. No, I was making a joke that you made in the last oh season. oh but it wasn't uh, funny that's the only difference oh oh my bad my bad <laughs> sending us death threats oh that's what it was yeah please don't send us death threats but if you think that scott peterson is innocent i personally would love to hear from you if you think you're a reasonable person and not like you're not an idiot you're not a crazy person you're not a conspiracy theorist you're, you're like a reasonable person and you're like he's he's probably innocent i want to hear from you if you're any and of those other things if I you saw lacy peterson walking the dog also contact us if you've but, seen Lacey walking a dog please contact this number in the episode <laughs> um description, description. <laughs> eight six seven five three oh and legend um, has it she's still walking the dog yeah um also though i would like to say anyone can reach out to us unless you're marlene the founder of <gasps> Scott no i'd Vincent. love to pick her brain. even though i i keep calling her kind of like a like a true crime the nerd kooka bird love cook about our love do you know that song that's like no. some australian song no it, was it the, the song land down under they got land sued. down under they got sued because they copied the kookaburro song did you know that okay but that's a shitty song as it it's is the like, worst song what the hell is a kookaburra i don't know i don't know they all make right. up words down there well thank you <laughs> i was just thinking like they all <laughs> lacey peterson walking a dog in australia like yeah right all right, it was anyways. a kookaburra, actually. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.